0: So I'm speaking with composer Toby Chu, who's worked on some amazing projects uh, through his career. Toby is a longtime collaborator with composer Harry Gregson williams and has served as an additional composer, programmer, arranger on many of Harry's scores. Toby also composes the hit series Covert Affairs, Burn Notice, and fan favorite The Riches. He'll also be scoring the upcoming Legends of Oz, Dorothy's Return. The animated feature stars Leah Michelle, Kelsey Grammer, Dan Aykroyd, James Belushi, Patrick Stewart, and many, many more. Uh, Toby, thanks so much for uh, speaking today. No no problem. Thank you for for having me. So i love to begin, I always like to begin and know how composers kind of came to where they are today. So how did you get involved in music, and at what point did you decide to pursue uh, composing?
1: Uh,
2: Well, I I started
0: uh, playing actually guitar when I was,
2: I think I got my first guitar when I was in kindergarten. I guess I was five. Um, And then I didn't. Really become serious until I was about eight, um, where I started having, I think I had two lessons a week, um, and I started to study classical guitar. Um, But uh, uh, we had a piano in the house too that I would make noise on, basically. Um, But um, I actually didn't come from a musical family. I came from more. uh, I came from an art and mathematics family, which Mm. is. I guess it might be kind of strange, but um, I, probably a, a lot of composers come from musical families. But my my dad uh, he studied at Harvard. He he had a PhD. He taught mathematical statistics, um, but he also uh, was quite good at uh, Chinese calligraphy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, his uncle uh, painted, sold painting paintings as part of his living. Uh, my aunt drew constantly. My uncle draws. My cousins, they all draw. I think they do cartoons. Um, so I don't know if this has much to do with music, but um, but my brother and I, we we, we were always drawing, painting, and we, ever since I can possibly remember. Um, I mean, music was going on at the same time, but music was sort of the, um, uh, the hobby, um, and art was sort of the thing that, my family kind of took seriously.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so yeah, I mean, we, my brother and I were were constantly doing these. I remember we would, we would go, we'd be taken to these places, and then we would paint and draw, and then we would get to go home with the blue ribbon. And I and I didn't really find out until I think I was in junior high, um, when I found all these ribbons that they all said first place on them. So I think we were probably not so bad at uh, at drawing and, and painting and whatever. Uh, so that was sort of um, that was sort of the beginning music was kind of the side thing but I did go to music camps every summer um, played in jazz band in high school you know and all these things but it was always kind of the side thing I mean um, and uh, I went the uh, the high school I went to was very art related um, so uh, so you know I was painting constantly all the time I was at I don't know if other people had this, but I was this weird kid in school who had jeans that were covered in paint, and that was kind of a cool thing. To uh, Like, the more paint you had on the jeans, the more it was kind of like, ooh, that's like a real artist in right. school. Uh, so I was um, so I was, uh, I was, was painting most of the time with music on the side, but I did go, I did um, play music during, like, the art festivals and the art shows. I'd be on the stage playing music, and my art teacher would, Come over and say, get off the stage you're wasting your time, you know you should be painting um, so um, so yeah, so eventually after that, um, you know I didn't really want to do music seemed kind of like more like a separate thing from everyone else, and so I was kind of you know that's my rebellion is to focus on the music um, so um, i uh, I went to uh, um, uh University of Miami for for jazz guitar performance. Um they have a, I think they have a quite a good program there and um there was a lot of jazz in my family too. My dad listened to a lot of jazz mm. uh, and and classical. Um so um yeah and then I got um an opportunity to study with this guitarist um guru that uh, who lives in Boston that I um always knew about and wish I could Study with him, and he was one of these guys who he's still he's still over there. I think he's he, he's still over there in Boston giving lessons. But he would only teach maybe two or three students a year. And I was you know trying to contact him for a while, and then I got the opportunity to study with him. So I moved and um, went to Boston. And from there, that's kind of where I sort of um, uh, started studying composition a lot, and, and got introduced to film scoring. And uh, realized um, that wow, that's that's yeah, that's something you can actually study and do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so that was um, that was kind of um, uh, really sparked my interest. And um, at a certain point through school, I realized you know, um, you know, I should if I'm going if I'm going to music school, I should really probably. Study something that I um, don't really know anything about. Hmm. Um, so I uh, I was a performance major in in at university, and I switched to composition film scoring. Um, and so that was kind of the beginning of um, I guess my introduction to writing picture for for uh, writing music for picture. Wow. Um, um, and, uh, and then when you, when I graduated, it was sort of, um, you know, you, you get, well, I remember when I graduated, the ceremony, there was like 3,000 people graduating, music okay. students. And I remember that the dean came up there and said something that I never forgot. And he said that, you know, you know, we're, I mean, first of all, all the students are sitting there, you know, excited that they're graduating and all that. And he goes up there and he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, out of all of you people graduating, probably maybe like five or six of you are actually going to work in the entertainment industry and all these people like booed you know all the kids booed of course and everyone was quite shocked like how could your dean say that to you when you just
1: graduated (laughs)
2: from the school but um but i was kind of sitting there thinking oh god i wonder i wonder if he's right you know Uh um so um so anyway i was I was thinking I'd move to the, the places to move uh, at that time that were kind of in tr- trendy amongst the friends I had and music colleagues was you either go to New York or you go to L.A.
1: Right.
2: To, to do your thing. And uh, it so happened I knew like one person in New York and three people in L.A. So uh, <laughs> L.A. <kind of>, <laughs> won. Yeah, L.A. won. So that, that was as simple as that. It was like, well, I have more chances in L.A., than I would um, uh, in New York, and uh, so um, so I moved uh, moved to L.A. Um, and uh, I uh, actually I remember I was going for an interview somewhere, and um, my girlfriend at the time she was also uh, a Berkeley uh, Berkeley student, so I went.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: uh, she traveled with me, and I was in an interview, and meanwhile she just was kind of buying time walking down the street and she went to an Apple store and uh, looking at computers and um, the guy there asked her um, so why are you buying a computer and she said for music and he said uh, oh well I, I actually I I used to work at media ventures mm-hmm. and they're looking for they're looking for you know interns and maybe you should call them so he gave a phone number to her um, and uh, she didn't know what Media Ventures was. Right. Um uh, I did. Um <laughs> and so when I got out of my um, depressing interview, um uh she she came up to me and said, Hey, I I got a phone number, I got a card. So I said, Great, what what is it? And she said, Um, some guy said, you know, Media Ventures and of course I freaked out <laughs> because I'm like, uh that's uh, that's Hansa's place. He realized right. it's Hansa's place and she was like, What no, no? So, um so that was kind of, uh, you know, that wasn't too long when we were first moved to LA. You know, it was quite wow. tricky. You know, I was putting up flyers in the schools, you know, for any sort of work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll do your student film, sort right. of thing.
0: Right. Right.
2: Um, and uh, um, never got any calls back. Uh, calls <laughs> back, I don't think. Um, but um, but you know, you know, you you make your resume and you go. I went to hang up my resume and I look at the board and it's just covered, caked in in resumes right and you kind of you kind of find a space and pin it in the corner you know mm-hmm. um but um uh, but anyway so um she um uh actually you know called them and she didn't get a call back i think um and a couple months went by or was it a couple months I mean, it was just a couple weeks kind of it was 15 years ago <laughs> uh but um, she uh, eventually, at some point, she said, "You know, you should call them." And I, I said, "Are you sure?" You know, um, she's like, "You should just call them and you know, see what happens. Might as well." So I called them, and they said, "Come for an interview." Um, so I uh, I went in for an interview, and they hired me as an intern. Wow. And um, and so um, I told my girlfriend at the time that hey look if if i ever get into a position where i have some influence here that i'll i'll recommend you to, so they'll hire you um and uh, and so I'll, I'll basically now she's working out here and she's doing great so she did end up working there as well oh wow but um but i so i, I basically was an intern there and uh, you know it was, you know it it was quite hectic and it was exciting um and uh at some point, I was helping. Uh, my responsibilities were to help Hans in the studio, and uh, um, but uh, there were um, a couple of guys working there, so I was trying to help as much as I could. Uh, not really necessarily just to help, but it, it was just such a, an exciting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think I had about a hundred dollars in my bank account, so um, any job at this point was uh, was very welcome. <laughs> uh, so, um, and then, um, I remember one day, um, Harry Gregson Williams, um, I don't even know if he remembers this, um, but he, uh, he kind of stopped me in the hall and said, um, Hey, uh, can you, can you help me out with something later today? And I said, sure, of course. Um, and, uh, I came over and I think he just finished a film and he had, he had this back little room that had was full of, um, Blank CDs... Well, not blank CDs. There was, sorry, there were CDs of the film he just finished and mm. blank jewel cases with stickers, you know, when everybody had CDs and right. you, someone had to stick all these stickers on these CDs. <laughs> and um, Harry kind of said to me, hey, you know, um, I could really use a hand. Maybe you could just stick a couple on some of the CDs until you're tired and then just, you know, just that's just do a couple and I'd really appreciate it. Um, so I said, of course. And um, so I actually did every single cd <laughs> of and there were hundreds of cds so i think i finished at like three in the morning putting all those stickers on every single cd
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, my hands were shaking because it was like you know how many how many stickers i had to do and um, that's that's how desperate i was um to to just kind of have a job and be happy and 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 uh i mean i was really excited to be there but just to um uh, you know, to do something. And then the next day he kind of stopped me in the hall again. And he said, um, I think he was working on chicken run at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said to me, um, uh, Hey, Tobes, I, I assume you didn't get a degree in coffee making. And, uh, I said, no, no, I went to, I went to music school, you know? And so he said, great. And, uh, he handed me this tape cassette, you know, how long ago it was, a tape cassette. Uh, <laughs> hit me a TV set and said, hey, you know, I played something on the piano um, that I like and recorded it. Can't really quite remember what I did. You don't mind kind of jotting it down for me. I um, really appreciate it. I'm going to go grab some lunch. But so he he ran off, and um, I was so excited because it was sort of the first thing that anyone asked me in L.A. that was somewhat music-related,
0: Right. you know, yeah. to do
2: a job. That was a task that was you know, somewhat music-related. Um, so uh, there was, you know, normally I would try to find a piano somewhere and uh, and try to figure it out. Um, but um, there, you know, I didn't really have a room. I was an intern, so I was my room was next to the, the water cooler. So um, I just tried to, f- I found a quiet spot, and I, as quickly as I could, tried to jot it all down um, and just, Walked into his room, put it on his piano, and wanted to try it out. And he walked in just then, and he said, "Oh, great!" And he sat there at the piano and started playing what I wrote, mm-hmm. um, well, what I transcribed. <laughs> um, and uh, and thank goodness it was it was correct. <laughs> so um, so it was so. Then he hired he basically hired me, offered me a job. Wow. Um, so that was kind of uh, I think it was sort of a test. I, get, I must have been a test to um, for for uh, to to do that. So that was sort of the beginning of
0: of meeting Harry. That's amazing <laughs> and and it's <laughs> led led to some amazing collaborations and you've been working on a lot of his scores. but now I mean you you have a huge filmography of your own stuff now, and um you've done amazing uh, TV series, including Covert Affairs and Burn Notice. Now. so when you work on a series uh, <laughs> like that, like those shows, do you talk with the showrunner to get an idea? Of where the season arc is going, so you can plan ahead and kind of maybe create season-long arcs in your music, or do you kind of sort sort of work in the moment and kind of score each episode as it comes? Um, it was different for both of those shows. Mm-hmm. For covert, uh, for covert,
2: absolutely. Um, uh, I would, you know, very close uh, with Matt and Chris, the showrunners and creators of the show.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, I would have a meeting with them and we would go over um kind of the arc and what we wanted to sort of introduce uh musically and and uh how the characters um would, uh, character arcs and uh how the story would sort of arc and, and what kind of um you know uh um atmospheres and what kind of um general generally like a mood that we're trying to create for the season mm-hmm um, so yeah, it is you know, there was a, there's a lot of discussion in covert, um and the spotting sessions are incredibly useful. Um, we really dig in deep with um how certain scenes are scored. Um I've heard from some composer colleagues that, you know, they don't even spot anymore. Wow. Maybe after they've done a season or two they don't spot, they they just kind of go. Um, But in the case for Covert, I can't imagine that happening um, because it's, you know, I learn a lot from the spotting sessions. Right. And there's a lot of very important information that's kind of, that goes on there. So, um, so it's, um, so that's sort of how Covert is. Um, Burn Notice um, was very different because I came in during season six. Mm -hmm. I did season six and season seven of Burn Notice. And uh, when I came in, it was sort of already a very well-oiled machine, Right, right um, and, and a very successful show. So um, I came in, and at that point, I don't know if this was actually the way it was from the beginning, but I, I'm assuming it wasn't um, uh, the showrunner for each episode was the writer of each episode. Wow. Uh, so every instead of having you know one point person where you would kind of talk to every show there was a different point person, um, so that had its own challenges um, but um, you know for burn notice there was the, the amount of music there was so much music in that in that show mm-hmm. um, I mean you know I remember being in flying sessions and we would sit there and spot and the the, the, the reel would start and the music would start playing, and then the reel would end, and there was Nobody had said anything um, because the the music never stopped. It went through the it went through from the beginning of the reel all the way to the end. And then, you know, showrunner would kind of look at me and chuckle and say, "Well, you know, you know that kind of thing." <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, "Yep, yeah, yeah, I know." Because you know, you can't if you were gonna stop every couple seconds, every couple minutes and start discussing it, you know, we would never get through right. the, the spotting. Um, because it was wall to wall music, you know. If the show wow. was forty three minutes long. There was forty minutes of music at least. Wow. <laughs> um, so that was very challenging. It was, you know, it was all uh, action, a lot of action music. Um, but um, so that, so they're, they're very different. Um, did that answer your question? Oh yeah, I'm absolutely. Sure it no,
0: that just sounds. Okay. Um, so what Bernard is? You had you came in when the show was already going and you had to hit the ground running and you had to, you know, is is it, is it a challenge when you have, when you come in late like that and you're kind of taken over for someone else's work and do you, do you try to, is there even room to kind of create your own sound or do you try to immediately kind of match the tone and the style of the show that's kind of already been established beforehand? Well, when I, when I came in the show, the brief was sort of to do something different Mm -hmm. From what has happened before,
2: so that that was a little bit easier. Okay.
0: Um,
2: and and uh, they they were actually tempting a lot of uh, the show with music that I'd done before,
1: Um,
2: and uh, particularly the um, covert affairs. They they were tempting a lot with covert affairs, actually. Hmm. Um. So they the 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 nice thing about it was the brief was they wanted something like that. Um. So I uh, so being that you know it, it's nice when the temp is used sometimes because uh, it's just a lot easier to know exactly what to do right right um, so uh, so it was very different uh, different approach um, I think uh, the later seasons got a lot darker mm-hmm. um, so they wanted sort of that element they wanted it to be darker um, uh, more sort of violent and aggressive
1: mm.
2: um, so uh, so that's kind of how that that worked. Oh,
0: well, that's awesome. And now you're you have this feature coming out. Um, your next feature is Legends of Oz: Dorothy's Return, which of course uh, takes place in the familiar world of Oz that we've seen, you know, referenced in many films and and stuff like that. So, I, and I remember hearing about this film uh, a few years back. I think it was originally known as Dorothy of Oz. So How did you come? How did you find yourself attached to this project?
2: Well, it was, um, actually it was. Um... Uh, a really good friend of mine who's also a music supervisor um, uh, brought me on the show, um, brought brought me for a meeting, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: um, and they played me the film, and uh, animation wasn't uh, completed yet. There was animatics and things like that, and and showed me the film, and um, they asked me to... uh, write as a demo to write the finale of the film uh, as sort of a, an audition
1: hmm.
2: to, to possibly work on the film. So I did that um, and I thought, uh, I, thought, I thought I did a relatively good job and they liked it. Um, and uh, then they asked me to do another scene. Uh, so I did that scene and then they actually asked me to do a third scene. Um, <laughs> Which I did that so, um, and then the next thing I knew, the the film was done. Uh, I scored the whole film, <laughs> wow. so it was kind of an interesting process. You know, there wasn't uh it wasn't ever really a, hey, you're hired,
0: you know. That's just like was keep, kind of I was, keep on working.
2: Yeah, I was, yeah, I was just I was just working on it, and then, um, and then, you know, then the film, then it was, then there was nowhere else to put any music. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, from the original Wizard of Oz up to Disney's Oz and like Great and Powerful that just came out, we've seen you know different composers take their own take on this kind of fantasy world. Uh, so how did you approach this to craft your version of Oz? What, like, what about the story or the animation the characters kind of influenced your writing, and what kind of uh, sound did you want to create for this uh, for this film?
2: Uh, well, um, well, the the uh, the Wizard of Oz is one of those movies. Uh, it's a movie, one of the few movies I owned on VHS when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Um, I only owned a, I only had a couple and they weren't even really mine. I taped, I dubbed them from TV, <laughs> uh, for commercials and everything. Um, but Wizard of Oz was one of them. So, you know, I, I think I had maybe three or four VHS tapes and I, you know, I watched them just religiously. Um, and, uh, so I knew the Wizard of Oz very well, the film, and obviously knew, uh, how music was one of the biggest if not the biggest contributor to to that film right
0: uh
2: so when I um when I kind of got a that I would be working on this film um on, Lo- on Legends um I I didn't rewatch, you know the original the, the Wizard of Oz um or did I, I didn't listen to any of the music because I think that would be sort of detrimental
0: yeah
2: yeah uh t- to, to that so um but what I you know I knew the film very well, and uh, I think what I kept in mind uh, during the process really was just was really the impression it made on me as a as a kid, mm-hmm. um, and uh, sort of the, you know the wonderment, the the awe, and even the terror of the you know the yeah, witch.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Um, so I, I really really just tried to keep that sort of in mind as as the inspiration. Um, And, uh, you know, if, if anything kind of carried over, I mean, uh, I mean the music, it is orchestral, just like the original, uh, um, the, the the Wizard of Oz, Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's orchestral and, um, I'm trying to to find similarities, but, uh, (laughs) they're, you know, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a continuation of, of the, the book. Right. Um, and... Um I mean it's one great thing is um Legends uh has an overture in the opening of the film, which uh The Wizards of Oz also did and uh which was um which was really fun to write. I mean and, and also sort of an honor and privilege to be able to write an overture. I and mean, yeah. how many
1: right. how
2: many movies do you get an overture? And it's over three minutes long. So wow. it's just just uh music really and, and credits. Um so that was really, uh, that was really kind of, uh, um, uh, an honor. And also, you know, I realized, you know, um, you know, not many guys get a chance to be able to, um, uh, to be able to kind of, you know, shine, you know, or try to shine, um, musically on, on some films, you know, some films are kind of the the job is really to stay kind of under the radar. Right, Yeah, pushing
0: the back and, of the mix,
2: um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, it's also incredibly effective and emotional, it can do all those things, but uh, I know a lot of um, friends and composers who, you know, they're incredibly talented, and um, and they would absolutely love to be able to, uh, you know, write a uh, big theme um, for a film, and, uh, and, and Legends has, I think, six or seven themes that reoccur, oh. um, big themes that sort of play out. Uh, so, you know, I, I definitely had that in mind that, um, you know, I was very lucky to have this opportunity to work on a film like this um, and be able to um, really kind of, uh, you know, write some music that your, uh, your parents would like to listen to, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, uh, a, and so, you know, I kept that in the mind so I you know if had this opportunity I, I I better give it my best shot.
0: <laughs> well, I'm i uh, I can't wait to hear uh, your score for it. I haven't heard anything from it yet, but um, it comes out May ninth, right?
2: Yes, the film comes out May ninth, and the soundtrack, I believe comes out the twenty ninth of
0: of this month, April. Oh, great, so that's coming soon. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but to to wrap up, I always like to to ask composers this one question if you could score any film ever made with no disrespect to the original composer or the original score itself, what film would you choose? You know, I was, I was, someone hinted to me that you were going to ask that question. (laughs)
2: And, and I, and I thought about it and it still completely freaks me out. That question. It's a, it's a difficult question to answer because, you know, um, I guess that's why one of the reasons why you asked it, it's a good question. Um, because naturally you're going to think of uh, a great film with a great score. Right. And that's, and, it's not, that's,
0: yeah, it's not the point to like replace the score. It's like, what's your, what's your no. play, the playground that you would love to have played in? You know, what kind of canvas that you would have, you know, like a, you know, dream canvas, you know?
2: <laughs> right. Right.
0: Um,
2: you know, I think, I think you would, I think it would probably be something like, like Raiders of the Lost Ark.
0: Something like that. Great answer. You know, it's just,
2: uh, I mean, uh, I mean, probably a bunch of composers that just like poofed out loud and like rolled their <laughs> eyes. But, you know, I don't, not that I would possibly be able to do anything remotely as good as that, but it, it's um, one of those films, you know, that, you know, as a kid, you know, it, I mean, for many kids, you know, it's, it's, it's an important film and, uh, you know, the sense of adventure and, and the comedy and, I mean, it was, Everybody wanted to be Indiana Jones.
0: Oh no, absolutely! So, and it's a great adventure. So, you know the great uh, opportunities for music too.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, I would I guess I would say, I guess I mean now like a bunch of movies are popping in my mind, um, but uh, I guess I guess i will stick with that one.
0: Okay, for and that's, now. I just, actually I just interviewed Noah Sirota uh, a few days ago, and he said Temple of Doom. So you guys are in the same uh, uh, same area. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> right uh but toby thank you so much for your time today and for chatting uh yeah. telling me your, your story of how you got there and all everything you worked on it been such a such fun and such a pleasure thank you
2: no yeah, thank you